0: Good to be with you Uh, this morning, jumping into a brand new message series. And God is shaping this uh, body. He's giving us language and vision to our mission. And one of the things, in fact, uh, as we opened up the year, we got a chance to talk through several of the cultural realities we believe that God's kind of calling us to as a church. And one of those things is to be an authentic community. Authentic community. Now, that sounds amazing on paper, but when you think about what it actually means to be an authentic community, um, there's, there's something more to that, right? It can sound good, and that sounds like a good cultural goal to have, but there is some weight to the nature of how you do relationships, relationships are a thing right that has a all relationships have a bearing on our lives and so we always and will be shaped by the interactions that we have with the people in our lives right and so when we take a moment to look at relationships what we're saying is we want to uh, pause to say how am I being shaped and and want to be able to bring into focus the ways that we relate to each other certainly here but also the ways in which we relate to people outside of here. That's absolutely important. Why? All right, because listen, every person, uh, whether they're outside of the walls or inside of the walls of this church, so to speak, every person stands in one of two camps, and that is this. They are people who know know and love and wanna follow Jesus, and they're uh, seeking to grow in him or desiring to grow, or they don't have a relationship with Jesus, and God wants them in his family. There's two camps that people fall into, and so relationships, and the way that we do relationships, and the way that we think about people, and all of the people that circle around our lives, this becomes a central issue, becomes a central theme, becomes a central focal point, right, that We want everyone that we're in contact with, everyone that we connect with, to either be growing in their relationship with Jesus and knowing him and walking with him, or for those that are not a part of God's family to say, hey, what does it mean for them to come into a life-giving relationship with him? And what role do I get to play in that? But either way, this is where we stand. And so whether or not this church is ever a landing place for all of the people that circle around your life or not. Listen, we want to be a people that are thinking this way about the nature of the people that we relate to on a regular basis. Because those relationships are critical. They're important. And wherever we go, these relationships often, what we wanna say is, hey God, let, these things, let, the, let the truth of who God is reign supreme. Right? Because wherever Jesus, listen, Wherever Jesus is lifted up, life happens. Wherever Jesus is lifted high, life happens. Wherever Jesus is made known, life happens. And so there is a call on our lives for Jesus to be made known. And so how we relate to each other, how we relate to those here, how we relate to those far away, are really important. How we connect with each other and how we do relationship here, how we do our community groups and our study groups and our micro groups, those are really, really, really important. But what all of this does is it brings center stage that all of our relationships have significant meaning. Now, listen, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but relationships are hard. Okay. Relationships are hard. Now, We can overcomplicate them. And that's a whole other sermon for another day. I'm not going there, okay? But what I can say is this, is the relationships are hard. And I'd say this, more so now than ever, maybe before, they're more strained. Relationships are more strained in this hour than they've ever been in our lifetimes. Through all of the things that we've been experiencing, through all of the things that have gone on even over the past year and in the middle of the pandemic and all the different social and political things that are taking place, relationships are now more strained than they've ever been. Which means this, that literally right now, it's more important than ever to have a fresh biblical, theological, spirit-led vision for how we do relationships. If they're more strained and if the world is in more chaos in how it comes to how we relate to each other, then there's never been a more important moment for us to have a fresh vision for how we do relationships. This is a critical hour for the church. If you're asking me and if you're asking us as we see relationships, if we even talk about the idea of being in authentic relationship with each other, then this becomes center point for us in this moment. What does it mean for us to have a fresh vision? Because Jesus' followers ought to be thinking more about how to have healthy relationships than anyone else. If you're a follower of Jesus, This is one of the most important things for us to begin thinking about. Why? Because how we relate to the world means everything, especially as it pertains to the gospel. We're talking about life and death. We're not playing games. This isn't a small thing. The relationships in our lives are important at the very least because it has a a significant meaning for the gospel the good news. When I say the gospel, I mean the news that Jesus has loved us and overcome our sin and brokenness to give us life and hope through his power, through his death and resurrection. So this becomes critical. So what I want to do is just open up the word and see what the Bible has to say. And just what I'm going to do is just lay a foundation for a fresh way of seeing and thinking about all of the relationships we have. And then over the next few weeks, we're gonna dive into some very specific uh, relationship. Relationships that we that we walk in marriage and parenting and we're going to talk about race relations and we're going to talk about how do you relate to people that believe completely differently than you because the Bible has powerful things to say about all of these kinds of relationships and we want to say yes to them. so you got your Bibles Galatians chapter five I'm going to start in verse thirteen see what the word has to say to us Galatians five verse thirteen for you were called to freedom brothers. I had to add sisters, brothers, family. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. All right? So here's what Paul's saying to the Galatian church. is what he, the Holy Spirit's saying to us. Listen, you were called to freedom, It's not just an identity that we carry as being made free in Christ, but it's also a calling on our lives to step into. So you and I were called into freedom, made new creations with a new identity. And so the question is this, with this new identity that you've been given, what do you do with it? What do you do with this newfound freedom that we have by relating and knowing Jesus and walking with him? Here's what he says, don't take this new identity and rush back to operating in dead ways. in in, with the Galatian church, he's speaking to them about walking in dead religion and brokenness and trying to be great rule followers and not standing up in this new identity in Christ. Uh, and, and eschewing and pushing away that idea of walking in judgment and condemnation. He's saying, don't go back to that way. But what does he say? When you have this new freedom in Christ, what do you do? Now, this is powerful. What do you do with it? He says, I want you to take this incredible freedom that you have, and I want you to serve. It feels like almost one of the great paradoxes that we'll see in Scripture, where he says, you've been given all this freedom. Here's what I want you to do. Come and become a servant. It feels opposite except for this is exactly what Jesus did. The most free man in the history of the universe is the greatest servant of all. So he says, those who are free in Christ, what do we do? we become servants we go and we give our lives away that our listen our freedom in Christ is certainly one part being transformed for God to take away the brokenness of our past and remove shame and guilt and condemnation and make us totally free that is one part of what it means to be free but there is another part to which we've been called to and here's what he says to live a life out loud that Magnifies the good news by loving people. It is to love radically, to serve others. You look at verse 14. The whole law could be fulfilled in one word. This is what the Spirit's saying to the church. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If you want to think about trying to boil down, one thing when it comes to all of the relationships you have, the ones in your home and the ones external. You want to try to boil it down to one concept. What's the point of all of the relationships that we have? Here's the point. It's what Paul's trying to do. I'm going to sum this entire thing up. Love. Love your neighbor as yourself. Care. Serve. Because look at, look at uh, the... Look at the caution that he gives to us in verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, which just for clarity, I don't know that I could think of a better phrase to describe this moment in our culture, in our nation, than this phrase, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. The church is called to be on a different plane than the rest of the world. The way that we see people, the way that we do relationships, you understand God's calling us to function on a completely different level. And it's not because of anything that we can do. It's not because of anything that we create. It is because of the faithfulness of our king over our lives. Amen. Somebody got some scripture. There's some scripture going on. Hey, you guys at home, there's some scripture going on in here. Somebody. I'm like, hey, just let the scripture ring out. All right. (laughs) I love it. Somebody was on their digital Bible and hit the play button. That's awesome. Hey, listen. Look, look at verse 16, I just the beginning of verse 16, and there's so much more to it, but we're gonna stay here. He says, listen, here's what I say. All right, you wanna, you wanna have a marker on your life as it comes to the way that you relate to everyone around you? Here's what he's gonna say. But I say, walk by the Spirit. Man, here's the invitation. Here's the invitation. You've got a new found identity in Christ. Is created you to become some, something and someone completely new. So I'm calling you up. I'm calling you into new life. So I say walk by the Spirit. Here it is. Love one another. This is the rule over our relationships. And so this law, this law, if you will, this law of Christ, it's called the law of Christ, not the law of, of sin and death, but the law of Christ it becomes critical because we know this. For any of you that have had relationships for any amount of time, what is the one thing we can all be certain of? Through relationships, there often comes a lot of disappointment. Now, that doesn't preach super cute. Uh, and Honestly, it sounds a little bit bleak. But can we just be honest for a minute? Often the ones that we love or seek to love the most we can often feel let down by the most. And as we circle through relationships, what we can find is there is this tension going on that those that we wanna love and influence and encourage are often the ones that we feel most disappointed by. And even those that are circling on the outside of the scale of our influence, what we'll find is that those, those people can let, uh, let us down at times. It happens all the time. You know what, disappointments And unmet expectations are a breeding ground for walking in woundedness and having bitterness built up inside where all of the sudden, all of the freedom that you were given and and all that Christ purchased for us feels like it's nowhere to be found. And so Jesus is saying here, hey, I have a different way that if you're walking with hurts towards someone, or you, you have found things to be, come, you, you've been incredibly disappointed by those that are circling around your life or those that you have relationship with. There's a couple things you have to understand. One, will, they, won't, they weren't the first and they won't be the last. So what does God have to say to us in the midst of that? It's time for us to get down to the business of being like Jesus and forg- forgiving. There's a call to something new to be willing to be a people who forgive and to start seeing our relationships with fresh vision, with a fresh understanding. Because listen, there is only one person who will never ever fail you. Actually there's two, there's Jesus and then Rick Astley because he's never gonna give up, he's never gonna let you down, he's never gonna turn around or hurt you. I'm sorry, that's a horrible joke trying to Rick, Rick, Rick roll you on a Sunday morning. It's really inappropriate at church. All right. There's only one person who's never going to ever, who will never hurt you, never wound you, never come against you, never disappoint you. His name is Jesus. There's only one. Now it's incredibly important to remember this because if we're getting really honest, Jesus will absolutely 110%, absolutely never let you down. But it doesn't mean that you won't feel that way at times. Can we just do the church thing where we pull down the mask for a minute and say, there, there might be a moment where you and I will feel tempted to believe that we've been let down by God. In fact, we, we sing, you know, we sing that song, um, um, uh, you're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. I should have been a worship leader. <laughs> <laughs> you're never going to let, you guys know what I'm talking about? You never, we'll sing that here in a little bit. That we sing that song by faith, but it doesn't mean that there isn't a temptation to believe that we've been let down by God. And if there's a temptation to believe that the king of the universe who has loved us with an everlasting love, if there's a temptation to believe that we can be let down by him, what does that mean for your husband or your wife, your spouse, your children, your boss, your coworkers? Do you understand when Paul is talking to the church and saying, we don't need to go down this road of biting and devouring one another. He understands the trap that is there for us when it comes to relationships, for us to be utterly dismantled, hurt, wounded through the relationships of our lives. There's all kinds of temptation to believe that these are going to be the things that are going to destroy us, that these relationships are going to pull us apart, And there's that temptation, and the Lord's saying, hey, it's time for us as the church, as the people, those who are followers of Jesus, to stand up and say, listen, today is the day where we ask for a God-saturated vision for how we relate to everyone, to be a people who say, God, I want you to fill my mind and my heart with exactly what it is that you want in my mind to relate to other people. The people that I'm close to, the people that are on that outer circle, so to speak. Because guys, our relationships are far-reaching. You can start with those in your home, our marriages, our kids, our parents, our roommates, to go out to the, those that we work with, our bosses and our co-workers or our employees or our clients. You can go to those that circle even out further in our lives, right? The people, the The grocery checkout person, the doctor, the guy or girl you're dating, your teachers, your pastors, landlords, basketball coach, your kid's basketball coach. We have all of these relationships going on all the time, all the way to those that we don't actually know, but we have some kind of distant relationship with, right? Our civic leaders, the entertainers around our lives, those religious leaders, that are on, uh, on the outside, so to speak, that we often look up to. I can think of two uh, men, uh, very specifically, even over the last year, that were highly revered uh, leaders in the church that had significant moral failures and, and brought real hurt to real people's lives. This is what's going on on a regular basis. How do we relate to those around us. This is the fundamental question for each of us, the nature of our relationships. Literally all of those relationships create this intricate network of interactions and new expectations in which we can often come away with a lot of joy or we can come away with a lot of disappointment. And so the Lord wants to give us fresh vision for how we relate to everyone for how we see people. The followers of Jesus are meant to be refreshed in an understanding of what all of our relationships are about, where we stop looking to other people to be our Savior, and we look to the only one who will never disappoint us and say, God, give me a vision for all of the people in my life. Give me a vision. Give me fresh vision for all of the people in and around my life. Help me see them in new ways. Help me see what you see. Give me a fresh idea of what it is that you're accomplishing through all of the relationships around my life. Right now, I'd say, I'd guarantee you, you guys that are joining us online as well, that I'd say half of you if not more, either right now or at some point in time, would say that you've walked into a workplace environment that you'd call toxic, difficult, painful at times, where you feel like you walk up, you wake up, and you're looking at Monday morning, dreading it. This is a real experience that people have all the time. And you can be crippled by the fear that can come over you. Or be given fresh vision to be able to walk into a work- workplace with new power and life. Could be crippled or to have new life. This is the balance here. That every day is a new opportunity for renewed vision for our relationships because assuredly, assuredly, as Sunday comes, where we come together and we get to be with each other and encourage each other and sing and, and hug and listen to the truth of God's word, assuredly as we get to do all of those things, there is a Monday morning coming. And how we interact with all of the people around our lives on a Monday morning is important. And vision. That God wants to grant to us, it leaks easily. I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase before, but vision leaks. The vision that God has granted to us and given to us, it often just washes out, and we got to ask to be refilled over and over and over again. And so, here's what I want to do. I'm just going to finish this morning with three ground rules for relationships that the Word gives to us, and I'm going to let this be the foundation because it'll help inform the way that we speak to these other unique relationships that we will walk in at some point in time uh, in our lives. All right. So three ground rules for relationships. Here they go. Number one, you cannot change other people, but God can. You can't change other people, but God can. I love Proverbs 21.1, because if you're ever wondering if the king has the ability to move the heart of someone, Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. All right. God does heart work in ways that we can never do it, right? Moses doesn't get to change Pharaoh's heart. God does right? You can't change your politicians. Listen, you can vote to change who is your politician, but you don't get to change your politicians. And your Facebook rant is probably not going to get them to change their mind either. Okay. But guess what? There is a King who can. There's a King who can move and shift and change lives. And the call on us is to pray, is to pray. And that sounds like maybe the most Sunday school answer of all, but I gotta be honest with you. If we wanna begin to see God move and shift and change, it will start in the place of us and the Lord where we begin to pray and say, Lord, will you have your way? Will you do your work? Where we pray and we pray and we pray? And listen, we all have relationships where it's time we have to have some hard conversations. There's gonna be time for some conversations where we get real where we get genuine, where we become authentic with each other. Conversations that are full of repentance and confession and tears and hurt and healing. But all of those church need to be prefaced with us coming to the Lord and getting a vision for what he wants to do by by praying and trusting him. Okay. This is what we're called to. And this is what he wants to do in and through our lives. And some of you are going, Pastor, I've been praying for a long, I've been praying for a long time for some of these relationships around me. And I'm waiting and I hadn't seen much change yet. And listen, I'll never be able to fully understand God's timetable. All I know is this, it's always perfect. God's timetable is perfect. And here's this, here's the better promise. There's a full measure of grace for you as you walk through and navigate relationships in this life. There's grace for every one of us. All right. Number two, we always ask God first what he wants to show us about the people that we relate to. This, this question becomes oh, so critical We're saying uh, we don't get to change someone God does. But the, the first question we got to start asking is God, can you help me see what I Don't see. Can you help me have a vision for how you see people? I want to see everyone through the context of God's heart and his mind. Because listen, if you're looking for a king who covers you and gives you justice, God's got eyes if you're looking for connection, if you're looking for um, restoration, whatever it is, whatever angle that you need in the relationships in and around your life, the most important thing is God's got all of that and he's the one to appeal to. So Lord, what do you see? What I can't see, I wanna see what you see. So in- in- incredibly important to be able to ask that question. And then finally, our aim is to be able to be, speak encouragement and exhortation, to be a people that bring encouragement wherever we go, that from our place of freedom and power, that we use it to serve others. I love Hebrews 3, this word of uh, encouragement to the church, Hebrews three twelve. and we'll finish with this. In fact, I'll have our team come up. He says this, listen, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. So he says, be care- he's being careful. And then here's what he says. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ. If indeed we hold our original confidence firm, the end. So here's the encouragement. Don't, Don't allow the world to crater you, the relationships you're walking in, but come and exhort. Be one who speaks word of life, for we've come to share in Christ. What he's saying is, this is what Jesus does. He wants to bring healing and wholeness, restoration, This is what Jesus does. It's what he's done with our lives. It's what he wants to do in the relationships around us. You may even find yourself often, uh, even prone to negativity because you often see what the problem is and you're ready for the solution and you want the fix. And it's just easy to be really frustrated and disappointed with all the things that aren't happening and you're going here, it's clear as day. This is what needs to happen. But the Lord's saying, son or daughter, would you hear me, hear my thoughts? Would you come to me and speak to me? Let me speak to you. I have insights that no one else has. I have perspectives that no one else has. I have wholeness and healing that I'm bringing, but it starts with you. It starts with us. This is the call on our lives. You guys stand with me. far from us. But we understand this moment in which many relationships have been strained and some feel like they might even be at a breaking point and yet you see, you know and we're asking for your wisdom. Even as we seek to tackle deep and important relationship and relational issues. Lord, before we do anything, before we take another step, what we're asking right now is, would you help us see what you see? We're mindful of what your word says, God, that you've made us ministers of reconciliation, that we bring reconciling, In fact, just right where you're at, would you just say, Lord, in fact, I I just had a sense that we're supposed to do this. I want you just to, if you would put in your mind, maybe the most strained relationship you feel right now. Might be somebody in your home. Might be somebody you work with. Might be someone that we don't really even talk to that much but it's at a, a distance. Would you just allow your mind just to go there for a second? You guys at home, join it. the Lord, where's the most strained place for me right now? I'd be tempted to believe a lie rather than what you want to say. And we just want to do what we just described from Scripture, which is number one, can we just open up our hands and say, Lord, my job's not to fix or control Lord? I give you control. job's not to change, and that's your Holy Spirit. But I'm coming to partner with you and pray. So I just open up my hands and release the lie that I have to be the one, that I have to be the savior, I have to be the fixer. Lord, you're the fixer. Your Holy Spirit is the one who comes. So we just open up our hands and we make that exchange. ask the Lord right now, Lord, would you just help me see what you see? You have works that you want to do. Would you just give me your mind? Might not have it right in here right now, but what I'm praying for and asking for is in the days ahead, you'll just start to give me your mind and your heart. Would you show me? Would you release to me? Not my vision, your vision, not my way, but your not even be circling around this person, might not even be having regular dialogue, but would you put prayers in my heart that would declare your victory over their life, your victory. If we're ministers of reconciliation, if we're the ones that bring life and exhortation, encouragement, then Lord, would you put those in my heart? to show me what it means to relate to you first and then to have your heart and to be able to give it away, even if it's in the place of prayer. We're trusting you right now. Now, Father, we just receive your affirmation over our lives, your encouragement, the way that you're drawing us, growing us and making us new, the way that you're covering us as a father, the way that you come in and you heal the wounds, especially for those that have hurt us. And there is no reconciliation yet, Lord, we're trusting you to come and to heal the wounds, come and heal and speak your life and your truth over us. Give us fresh vision for how we relate to the people around us. We receive the fact that you're our father and we're your children, and you're giving us a new heart and a new identity. We're gonna just make that declaration together as we finish this morning in worship. Would you just, even as we sing the goodness of God and his mercy over our lives, let's receive fresh what he wants to do in us to make us ready to see the world how he wants us to see the world and to be able to bring his life and power wherever we go. Let's worship.